Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Improvised Marketing Show. And uh, I am your host, Kathy Klotzguest. I'm the founder of Keeping It Human. I am coming to you live from the heart of Silicon Valley, the epicenter of all that technology magic in San Jose, California. And this show airs most Thursdays at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. And I hope you're having a wonderful day. It's gorgeous here. I hope it is gorgeous wherever you are, and I'm sure it is. And Keeping It Human helps business and marketing execs and their teams humanize what they do with stories. So from your employee stories, brand stories, organizational stories, all that kind of good stuff. And we bring a little bit of fun to it because of the background in improv that I bring to bear on it. And as always, this show, just like our website, everything else is a jargon monoxide poisoning free zone. We don't like buzzwords, and I'm held to the same standard. If I use a buzzword, the guest gets to make me say it again. We call it replay, <laughs> which is it's, it's, it's a big improv game. Say it again. Say it differently. So if I use a buzzword, I am held to the exact same standards as our guest. So as always, you can leave a comment on the blog. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, we have had, I had a question um, last time about the music. So for, this, for the past two years, I've had the same sampled music introducing the show, and we, we took it down. We are actually having a friend write an original little jingle. So very shortly, the, the uh, improvised marketing show will have its own completely uh, original music, and I'm very excited about it. Instead of going kind of Ben Sound or something like that, we're going to do something fun. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, and just another reminder, the uh, book, Stop Boring Me, How to Create Kick-Ass Marketing Content, Products, and Ideas Through the Power of Improv, is up on Amazon. Now, the, the hard copy is there. Just one little note, we hit a little snag, a little delay with the Kindle version. So the digital version was supposed to be up this week, but it looks like it's going to be next week. And it's got to do with more buzzwords than I care to say, but it's metadata. I'm going to blame metadata, which I think is the close cousin of of uh, autocorrect. So anytime I can blame anything technological, I will. So or that's the story and I'm sticking to it. So <laughs> the digital version should be up next week. And thanks to everybody who's talked about it, who's asked about it, who's left a review. I am incredibly, incredibly appreciative. Thank you. Thank you so much. But let's get on and into today's uh, topic. And I cannot wait to introduce Park Howell. He is so great to talk to. But let's set up the, the topic. It really is about telling a powerful brand story. And storytelling is near to, to Park's uh, hearts, near to my hearts, near to a lot of, of our hearts, because it's such an important thing today. And to say that a company can operate without a story, it's like a body walking around without a heart. You just can't do it. It doesn't make sense, right? We'd be, li- we'd be living in zombie land. Um, and it's very interesting. Before I bring Park on, um, I want to give a little, little interesting context. I had a conversation with a friend who is a CFO, a chief financial officer, and has been in a lot of startups. And she and I had a very interesting discussion, and I talked about Yahoo as an example of a company that's lost its way. It's lost its brand story, and that, I think, was the beginning of the end. And she said, well, Yahoo has failed because of financials. And I said, well, okay, you're right, but let's see if the, the converse situation is true. In other words, name me a company that has strong financials but no solid brand story, and she couldn't do it. 
So that which comes first, the chicken or the egg, the financials or the story? And I'm always going to every single time double down on story because I've never and I and if you can think of one, our audience maybe Park has an answer. I've never seen a company that has really strong, solid financials but doesn't have a good brand story. And I don't think that's by accident. The two are incredibly correlated. And so I, I think that if we're talking about which comes first, the, the chicken or the egg, I really think you cannot get to the financials, the solid financials, without a, a brand story. So let me introduce Perk. Um, he's incredible. I always love talking to him. He's a, he's a fellow storyteller and a wonderful one at that. Perk has been in advertising for 30 years. He's run his own agency for 20 and he's been steeped in business storytelling for the past 10 years. The man lives and breathes storytelling, and he's a joy to talk to. He's the founder of The Business of Story, and he's also got a podcast, a wonderful podcast by that name. And The Business of Story is a proven platform based on his 10-step story cycle system to help business leaders achieve epic growth for their enterprise and their people. So let's bring him on the line here. Hold on a second. Hey, Park, welcome to the show. You're you're a little distant. Are you you were a little distant? I'm on a landline here, but it's giving me trouble. I have Verizon. Oh no! Oh no! It's a little yeah. It's a little hard to hear you. You sound a little bit distant. Um, is that a thumb thumb? I don't know what else to do here. Volume. That's my volume. I don't know if that's any better. Hmm. Um. I. Yeah, it's it's just a yeah. I'm afraid it's going to be hard um, to pick up your your voice um, with it. Um, you, you know what? If if this is a landline and landline's giving you just a little bit of trouble, do you do you want to try calling in from a mobile? If you've got um, a closed environment, sort of cut out the ambient noise. Do you want to try that? I do. Coming in that way right now. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to give we'll give Park a second, but I'm an improviser, so I'm going to dance for a second. So here we go. We're going to we're going to go ahead and do this right now. Is it? Oh, Kathy, Park, is this better. any better? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you said it like you were in a tunnel and it was like, "Oh no, he's in a well." <laughs> we got to get go Park figure. out of the well. You, I never <laughs> use this landline and now I know exactly why. Okay, well, I'm on my mobile and hopefully this will hold up for us. Well, you sound fantastic, and we're just excited to have you. And technology does what it does, but uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. It's, uh, you know, this past year, you are one of the first big business storytellers I met when I made my pivot away from your traditional advertising agency model into really focusing on business storytelling full-time. And I just want you to know you are a blessing in my life. I have so much fun Aww. following your work. I love the stuff you do uh, with improvising and, and story to help humanize the brands out there. You and I had a blast together in social media marketing world on a brand story panel. And I just want to say congratulations on the launch of your book. Great, great Aww. stuff. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I love talking to fellow storytellers and, and, and smart ones at that. And speaking of which, let's talk about your story because that's why you're here. And you are, you are so well-versed in this stuff, and you live and breathe it, you know, like, like so many of us do. And you're, you're such a fan of, of, of Joseph Campbell. And maybe give a little bit of, of your backstory, how you came to sort of maybe approach business storytelling through that lens. Yeah. Well, it, it really started with our middle son, who was going to film school at Chapman University in Orange. Um, you know, you have a really phenomenal film school there, and he was there between 2006 and 2010. All This was about the same time, of course, the recession hitting and all that, and I was just finding that our typical type approach to advertising and marketing through uh, mass media just wasn't working anymore. The digital realm, we were still trying to figure out. So I did, I did something that in hindsight actually worked out really well. I went to Parker and I said, um, send me your books when you're done with them. Because number one, I wanted to vet his education. You know, it was expensive. And how do you teach these young professionals how to be great storytellers in the most competitive storytelling market in the universe, Los Angeles, Hollywood? And number mm-hmm. two, um, what could I learn? What could people like you and I in the advertising and marketing world learn from the arts and science of storytelling that Hollywood knew um, that we could apply in our businesses? And that's when I would really learn about Joseph Campbell. I knew who he was, but not really. And I started studying them because uh, Parker had to read a lot about um, America's foremost mythologist. And of course, his hero's journey, which you hear a lot about in business, and I think rightly so. And Kathy, as you know, I, when I first understood and first saw the hero's journey and how it was working in screenplays around Hollywood, that's when I boiled it down to the 10-step story cycle process, purely as a mad scientist business storyteller. I wanted to see if it would work to humanize the B2B realm. And mm. uh, I started doing it. I learned. I pivoted in a few steps and whatever and got it uh, fine-tuned to the point that we have had tremendous success with helping brands totally understand the core of their story. And I'm in your camp. I think financials follow a story. And the reason being is if you don't own your story first, if you as a leader don't own that story, if your company doesn't own that story, who's going to buy into it? Nobody. So. That's how I got around to it, um, started implementing it, and I found I loved it so much from a leadership realm of teaching business story down to the brand strategy side that I literally, at the beginning of this year, pivoted away from the old ad agency model. It just feels like a dinosaur to me, and now I'm just having a blast being the Pied Piper of storytelling, and I know that means a lot given you know, uh, Silicon <laughs> Valley on HBO and all that, so i got to use that cautiously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you knew where I, my brain went because just for everybody's sake, you know, Park and I have laughed have laughed about this before. How much we both love HBO's show Silicon Valley and like the Pied oh, Piper, yeah. the whole story of Pied Piper. So that yeah, you're right. That sort of has a connotation. But um, so what's your what's your favorite type of story? Because you are steeped in brand story, but brand story mm-hmm. there's there's many different ways to come at a brand story, even if it's if it's through sort of the lens of of using the the hero's journey. And what yeah. what are you finding today? What's your favorite type of brand story to help tell? 
I think it's when the leader, be it the founder, chief marketing officer, whomever, um, really understands it so well that they take it to another level. And what I mean by that, and I just had the, the privilege today um, to speak with Brian Scudmore. Brian founded 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And they reached out to me and they said, uh, we would like to have the CEO on Business of Story, my podcast. So I'm like, okay, um, what's it have to do with Business Storytelling? Well, this guy is a maestro. Um, I recorded it today. It'll air in about four weeks. Real quick backstory: he drops out. He doesn't even graduate from high school, talks his way into college, so he's a storyteller, drops out of college, starts 1-800-GOT-JUNK uh, when he was 18 years old at that point called the, uh, the Rubbish Boys, um, has grown it to a quarter of a billion dollar company now with several other brands um, beneath it. This wow. gentleman was such a pleasure to speak with because, Cassie, he does what you talk a lot about, and especially you come across in Silicon Valley. He was able to take the uh, technological and the jargony terms of business and really humanize it. So, for instance, mm -hmm. he's got a brand new brand called Shine Shack. And they send in, they, they launch at the beginning of this year. People, uh, his group goes in and they shine a home. It's house detailing from the outside. Wash windows, repair roofs, clean gutters. I mean, it's this whole thing. And he boils his brand story down is we make homes smile. And I just wow. love that. To me, yeah. That's what I think a brand story really goes above and beyond what we're all used to. It's when they've humanized it to such a level that you can actually smile about it. Say, that's a company I want to be, you know, either working on my uh, property or being a part of. Those are the kinds of stories that I really get excited about. It's a great example, too, because I, you know, you and I have talked about this before. It's, it's Storytelling is such a wonderful art, but it is it is exactly that because when you see a really well-honed, short, very brief, but to the point, high impact emotionally uh, one-liner, you know the amount of work it took to get to that. Like that's work yeah. because you have to really distill it down. So I'm always in awe of people who can get it there because I know how much work goes into that, you know. It's like a mm -hmm. it's sort of a – I look at it as a piece of artwork really – Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a guy ask me just yesterday to that point, um, sent me a note, and he said, how big does a story need to be to be effective? And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. How big? And so I think maybe you saw my response because it just popped in my head yesterday. It's funny. I shared it on Twitter. <laughs> and it occurred to me, he said, you know, when it comes to story, it's not the size that matters, it's the emotion. So to mm -hmm. your point. Yeah. Can you get me to smile when you tell me you will make my house smile? That's all yeah. the story you got to tell. And then you, then you deliver. Then you make it happen, you know? Exactly. And that's such a great answer. I think your, your point is a, is a great segue because it really is about the emotional import and can you be impactful. And so when we talk about telling better brand stories, that's such a big part of it is, is the emotions. But, but I think it has to start with really good questions. And you, you have these great questions that kind of help people think through, you know, when you're talking about how effective your brand story can be, some things that will help mm -hmm. guide them. 
what part, mm-hmm. where does somebody start? If they're feeling overloaded or overwhelmed, where do they start to maybe cut through the clutter and get to the heart of some questions that can help them? Yeah. You know, I uh, just had a friend of mine's daughter reach out with that, that very same question because she had an idea for a startup. And here's what mm-hmm. I told her that I, that where I always start, and it helps me, is when you are thinking about your business, and then your brand story that connects with it, uh, because yeah, you got to have the story first before the finances follow. Ask yourself these first three questions um, when you're when you're sharing your story. What do you want people to think? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? If you can answer that from an operational standpoint, the story helps start playing out. You know, um, so if you just think about that in any line of work, you know, I guess in my line of work um, as a consultant in business storytelling, you know, what do I want people to think? All I want them to think is, wow, this is actually accessible to me. This is, I'm just, he's just reigniting within, within me something that has laid dormant because I haven't been using these skills. Or I've been told I'm not a good storyteller. So I want them to think this is accessible to me. What do I want them to feel? I want them to feel enlightened and engaged, like, wow. You know, what I hear a lot, which really surprises me, actually, coming from the business world, is this is so enchanting. People get enchanted with this process, with all of storytelling, I think, because it is such a part of our DNA. So what do I want them to feel? I want them to feel enchanted. And then what do I want them to do, Kathy? It comes down to what my unique value proposition is, is I want everybody I come in contact with that who is, has asked me for advice on this is I want to help them get to the point that they can live into their most powerful stories. So I take those three elements, and from that, that is what I've built the entire platform of the business of story on. Now, that's high level, and you start drilling down deeper into, you know, traditional kind of brand marketing questions. But, again, I approach that from very much of a hero's journey, screenwriter, authoring standpoint, using the 10-step story cycle process that takes people through it. And then they've got to get – it helps them get very real with what their story truly is. Not what they, what they think their story is, but what their story mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. that's what I, I start with those three questions. What do you want people to think, feel, and do? All important questions, all of it. Um, I, 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 I'm willing to bet that you, you have these discussions all the time with people where they probably have an inkling. Like deep inside of us, I think we have an inkling of what our story is. And you probably have this too where – Somebody has this innate emotional response, but then somehow logic talks them out of it. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. and, and we sort of already in our guts know, but, but we're told that in business that it has to be over-rationalized. So how do you kind of work with that cognitive dissonance? Because I, I suspect in what you see as well is, all right, you, we, we want to be aspirational because that's our inner, our inner intrinsic GPS but we're so trained as rational animals in business that, well, that's a little too woo-woo or that's a little touchy-feely. We better dial it down a notch. And we sort of, you know, we don't want to promise the sky. That's not what it's about. But we also want to give somebody an emotional reason, reason to connect. And, and we, we tend mm-hmm. to steer ourselves as business animals sometimes <laughs> into, you know, we talk ourselves out of, of going towards the emotional component. How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. 
You know, I always start with something that seems like most people can really connect with. I'll ask them, I'll ask the room, who in here feels like they're a good storyteller? And I can be even in a room full of professional communicators, and I'll be lucky to get 10% of the hands go up. Then I'll pose the question, what if I told you you all are? It's just that we were all at the tops of our storytelling games in kindergarten. And it's been silenced in us through um, our educational systems that tell us to draw within the lines and learn by rote and memorize this list, all extraordinarily non-storytelling muscles that they build within us. And then, heaven forbid, we get advanced degrees, MBAs, and PhDs. We get so smart about the science of how things happen, about the emotion drives us. This is why it's happening in the first place. We have corporate cultures. And everybody just starts nodding their head. You know, corporate cultures that say, we don't do it that way here. No, we need to follow our plan, blah, blah, blah. Political correctness. Now, you know, I'm not going to get on a, 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 a Trump bandwagon, the complete opposite of political correctness. But I do think there's a certain amount of political correctness that does quiet that storyteller, that we can't always be as honest with the people around us as we want to be. Um, which then I think reflects back on us that we don't get to be as honest that we, with ourselves as we would like to be. So, Kathy, what I see it ultimately comes down to, and I'm just this huge believer in you have to own your story before somebody else buys into it. And if it doesn't feel like you own your story, then the chances are you're living somebody else's story and you're not living yours. When you live yours, it's scary because you're yeah. telling the world, look, and I'm going to do it my way. It may or may not work, but this is really what makes me happy. Um, when I get that out, and, and I talk you know, very quickly about that, I can get people around the room going, my God, you're right, you're right. And they can jump back to stories they told as kids. And by, you know, the, matter, the fact of the matter is we're all still kids. We just have experience under our belt. But I think it's that latent storyteller that we're trying to ignite. And when you see it start igniting in those you know, inklings of it, you just see people blossom. I mean, it's yeah. really amazing how quickly it can overtake them sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great it's – a, you know, it's a wonderful joy to see people reconnect with that. I think we've just all been sold a bag of goods that we're not good at storytelling because we're in business. Or in business, we're supposed to be serious all the time. And, you know, <laughs> and it's well, not like – Well, that's what you bring to the world, right? I mean, you, you show up <laughs> and you say, look at – let's have some fun here. Let's, let's bring our kid out in us again. Let's start free association yeah. and improvising and see where it takes us. Yeah, let's play. Let's play because you're right. To your point, we're all storytellers. We already know how to do this. We're wired for it. We somehow got let the business part get a little bit too too dominant. And and they're not inconsistent. They're not incompatible. And and I think that's such an important message for people to be reminded today. When when we Without talk about doubt. yeah. Oh, no no doubt. With 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 respect to sort of telling brand stories too. And I know this is a big question because there's so many facets to it. Um you know, if you could give people a couple of tips about how to hone their story a bit, where would you tell them to start? Mm-hmm. One way I would start is the ABT, the and, but, and therefore. My good friend Randy Olson invented this, or he didn't invent it. He found it through South Park, was doing something similar when they're writing their scripts. And it's called the rule of replacements. 
And uh, Randy is a Harvard PhD, graduated from USC Film School, is now a a documentarian. He's an author, and he teaches scientists how to use story so that they can connect all those wonderful things going on with their cranium with the rest of the world so it actually brings meaning to us. And I just love the fact that he found the secret sauce um, of the ABT in Cartman, of all places. So he and I have chatted about this, and I think the ABT is literally the DNA of story. And um, have people sit down with their brands and just write out three sentences. So the ABT is the setup. It's act one. Um, Again, I guess I'll, I'll use mine because it's the one that's top of mind for me. I know best. I've been in advertising for 30 years and have owned my own agency for 20 of those years um, and have had you know, a lot of success, some mediocre missteps, and the spectacular failure here and there. But, there's your but. The, yeah, so I have that and, and, and. Now we move into the conflict of the story. But mm. brands who used to own the influence of mass media no longer own the influence because the masses are the media and they cannot just keep communicating features and benefits banal blah 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 narratives because nobody cares therefore the ancient power of storytelling ironically enough is the antidote to today's technology driven society that is on 24 7 and everybody is a broadcast network from their kitchen table, even if they're in Fargo, North Dakota. So that's my and button. Therefore, this is what makes business storytelling, and therefore, hopefully, um, my approach to it, your approach to it, anybody's approach to it in the business world, business storytelling world, urgent, relevant, and meaningful. If you don't have that big butt in your story, then chances are there's not a disruption going on in the marketplace that you are either A, responding to, to again being that most urgent, relevant option in, the, in an abundant world of options of, you know, that's going to carve you away from your competition. Or number two, are you creating that butt? in the story? Are you the organization out there creating the disruption, which then again positions your product as the go-to most urgent, relevant product offering and answer that disruption? That's where the therefore comes in. That's what then delivers your unique value proposition. Mm -hmm. Three elements. It's three, it's stories, it's setup, the and, problem, but, solution, therefore. And it Mm -hmm. works every single time, Kathy, because it makes you, that's a ubiquitous you, get very clear with what your story is. As you said at the top of the show, simplify it. Get it down to just the brass tacks of what that story is. And then if it's compelling to you and it's compelling to your customers, now you've got a brand platform that you can really start building that story upon. Mm-hmm. I love that. And and we have talked about that before, but it cracks me up because Cartman of all places and South Park, how do you not love that? <laughs> but it wor- it does yeah. work. And, and, and but is such an important part because it signals the disruption. Something is broken in the status quo. And, and you know, the, a problem is introduced, the inciting incident, and we've got to seek resolution. So there is that mm-hmm. movement in the story. And that's an important part, a really important part. So I love that. Think about your ands, your buts. And, and therefore, you're therefore. <laughs> and you're therefore. And there's a I great book. Yeah. 
he wrote um, Houston, We Have a Narrative, and it came out about this time last year. And it's all about his very scientific approach in a very fun way of how he proves from the arguments of Hegel, you know, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, to Cartman, and but and therefore how this three-act structure has pervaded our lives since the beginning of time because it's quite simply how we are hardwired to make meaning out of the chaos around us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, and it, it's true. It's and, and it's totally wild and it, it totally works without that inciting mm-hmm. incident or that, but, and you and I've talked about that. There really, without the conflict, there is no, there, there's no reason for the character to seek resolution. It's the, it's the mo- motivating fuel. So there has to be the conflict in the story. You know, there has to be. And you must use that in improv in improv training, mm-hmm. um, how oh, you, absolutely. how you put conflict in to keep it moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. But is the but is the the you know the status quo has has been disrupted. It's broken. It no longer works. And mm-hmm. we we, the, we need to see the character have a reason to go on a quest or do something. And so it's the thing. It's the fire under their butt. <laughs> it's the thing mm-hmm. that that lights them to move forward. Um, so it's a very motivating thing in a story, and that's where the art gets really interesting. And so, you know, you and I both come from the camp of without conflict, you just don't have a story. And, and yep. you know, from from the way our brains are wired to look for that conflict because we want to know how that problem gets solved. Um, so it's mm-hmm. an important part. And I love the simplicity and the fun of the of the ABT approach. So that's a fantastic approach. Um, we're almost out of time. Talking to you is so much fun. So we have to have you back on the show. We have to have another one so you can come back on. But for right now, how can people reach you, Park? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, And, and Kathy, so you know, I've got my first webinar that I'm going to be doing next Wednesday. It's free. Um, People can register it from my website, businessofstory.com. The webinar is going to take the listeners for – it's a one-hour uh, program. We will go through the story cycle process and I'll demonstrate how you can use this for either your personal or professional brand. And then two weeks after that, we'll have a second webinar in the series where, where we will focus it just on your professional brand or personal brand. I'm sorry. And two weeks after that, that will be the third one where we will focus on your professional brand. And so that can all be found at businessofstory.com. Fantastic. And if they want to follow you on Twitter? Uh, it's just at Park Howell, P-A-R-K-H-O-W-E-L-L. They can find me there. And, of course, thank you for mentioning my podcast at the top of the show, Business of Story. We have a new episode every single Monday. We feature story artists from around the world um, mm-hmm. just to help us all get better with telling our stories. Absolutely. And it is a fantastic podcast, everybody. It's one of the things, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of chatting with Park on it, but it's just the, the range and depth of artists and practitioners and people who bring a different perspective. It's just fabulous. And I just learn something every time. And it's sort of for me while I'm working, I'll have it on in the background. It's just, it's that good. So please do give it a listen. Oh, thank you. Well, Park, thank you. We'll have to have you on again. Well, I appreciate it. And good luck with your book. Um, Buy it out there, everyone. It's fabulous. (laughs) Kathy does amazing stuff, and it's such a fun approach to business storytelling. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Park. All right. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. 
All right. Well, that was fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. You know I love hearing from you about what you like, what topics you want more of. You can always email me at kathy at keepingithuman.com. You can go to keepingithuman.com directly. You can also go to stopboringme.com. That'll tell you a little bit more about the book. Of course, it's up in Amazon right now. As a reminder, the digital version should be up next week. And um, boy, I'm out here keeping it human. You know what I'm going to say. You keep it human out there, everybody, too. I'm Kathy Clotes' guest. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody.